Welcome to the Drive Deeper Podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. Today, we are going to jump into another Old Testament type of Jesus. As I was studying the narrative of Joseph this past week, there are some things that just jumped off the page to me that I thought were important to share with you as we reflect on Jesus taking on flesh and becoming a man so that he might save his brethren. And so we'll start in the New Testament in one of the most beautiful texts describing Jesus taking on humanity. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, the scripture says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So in this passage, we hear Paul describe how Jesus, who was in the very form of God, you looked at him, you recognized him as God because he manifested himself in splendor, in glory, And yet, although he was in the very form of God and equal with God the Father, he did not cling on to this privilege, this right, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. Jesus empties himself not by getting rid of his divine attributes, but by taking on flesh. He empties himself by adding something. He takes on human flesh and takes on the form of a servant by becoming a man. And so I use this as a jumping point to get us into the narrative of Joseph in Genesis chapter 45 where he finally reveals to his brothers who he is, that he is Joseph, who they previously sold as a slave into Egypt. And so this is the passage that I was reading through as these thoughts came to mind in comparison, in comparing Joseph and Jesus. And so I'd love to just share a few of these with you. So in Genesis chapter 45, verse 5, the scripture says this, This is Joseph talking to his brothers. He says, And do not fear and do not be angry with yourselves because you sold me here, because God sent me before you for your deliverance or for your preservation. And so while Joseph becomes a servant, not by choice, but by the decisions of his sinful brothers, we see that the beloved steps down from the position of glory and honor and becomes a servant. Joseph, the most loved son 
of his father, Joseph, who was given the incredible coat, not just because it had fancy colors, but he wears this. He's not getting his hands dirty because he's the manager of his brothers who are all older than him and they're doing the dirty work, but he doesn't get his hands dirty. He's the most loved, so he gets the wonderful looking coat. This one steps into servitude. He is humbled. But in his humbling, the path to salvation is created for his brothers. The next thing it made me think of was how salvation came about because of the rejection of his brothers. This made me think of John chapter 1 where he says, He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. The creator of the world comes into the world, and mankind who is created in his image does not recognize him. The Lord himself takes on flesh and comes to his chosen people Israel, and they reject him. They don't receive him. And yet, as a result of their rejection of him, it creates the path for their salvation. Because the chief priests and the rulers and the people say, crucify him, and he's handed over to the Romans to be crucified on a Roman cross, salvation for them and for the whole world is made possible. And all of this is in accordance with the plan of God. God the Father sends his Son, allows his beloved to be rejected, knowing full well that as a result of the sinful intentions of these people, that his beloved Son, rejected, pushed aside, would be the one to save them, because those were his good intentions all along. The last connection I saw was in verse 9. Joseph has just told his brothers that God has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all of his house and the ruler of all of the land of Egypt. And he tells them this. He says, go up to my father and say this to him. Thus says your son, Joseph, God has placed me as Lord of all of Egypt. Up until this point, Jacob, Israel, has believed his beloved son Joseph to be dead. In hearing the words that Joseph is alive, it's as if a resurrection has happened. Now, obviously, we know Joseph has been alive this entire time, but the experience of his son coming back to him is like a son who was dead who has come back to life. And so in order for this son to be exalted as Lord of all, he first needed to experience death. He needed to be separated from his father. He needed to be brought low so that he might be exalted. And so obviously we see this in Jesus as well, who takes on human flesh, 
lives a perfect life because he knew that you and I could never meet God's perfect standards. And then he dies on the cross as a substitute for us, taking the punishment for our sin, bearing our sin in his body on the cross, taking the full cup of God's wrath for all of our sins. And he goes into the grave. The father's beloved son dies a death that he did not deserve because he is rejected by his brethren. And yet, God does not allow this to be the ending of the story of Jesus, just like he did not allow it to be the ending of the story of Joseph. And God raises Jesus from the dead as the exalted Lord of all. And he, after being with his disciples for 40 days, is now seated at the right hand of the Father in glory, King of heaven and earth. So as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, remember all that Jesus had to go through in order to be the exalted Lord that you worship today. Remember the humbling that he experienced in being born in Bethlehem with no room in the inn sleeping in a manger. We worship the exalted king of the universe. But don't forget the humbling that he experienced on this earth that began when he was born in Bethlehem in the manger on that first Christmas. 